So tonight, we're going to jump into John chapter 5. You got your Bibles, we're going to go to John chapter 5. And as you're getting there, before this week, I thought that I was, um, I thought that I was knowledgeable and well-educated in what happens inside of a courtroom. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you all so much. Uh, what happens inside of a courtroom. And uh, after this week, sitting and looking through different stuff, I've realized I know very little about what happens in front of a judge. Okay? Do you know there's this person called the bailiff? Do you know what that is? Anyone know? The bailiff? Yeah, I don't know what that is either. There's a person who takes notes. There's also the plaintiff, apparently. I don't know what that word means, but it's like a prosecutor or something like that, I think. So there were all these different items I learned about that I just realized I was scratching my head thinking, what happens inside of a courtroom? Tonight, you're going to learn a little bit about what happens in a courtroom, but you don't need to know about the bailiff and the plaintiff and all that. All you need to know is that there is a prosecutor and the defendant. Okay, everybody say prosecutor. I thought that was the guy from Toy Story 2, the old guy that was like, what is his name? The prospector. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I thought that was who the, what's the, what's the name we're saying again? Prosecutor. That's right, yes. These are the prosecutors of our court case today. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the religious rulers of seas are the ones that are helping us out tonight, okay? And they are prosecuting none other who do y'all think? Jesus. I'm going to pull this one up from back on this side. You've got Jesus, the Son of God, who is on trial before these guys. And what we know about them is this, is that they have a case they are presenting against Jesus. They're saying Jesus deserves death because he is a liar a poser and a fraud, there is no way he is the Son of God. Are y'all with me? That's the reason they want to put Jesus to death. It's because he is guilty of lying about being the true Messiah. Well, that's their case. Here is the defense given by the defendant, Jesus. And Jesus, who is on trial before these Pharisees, Sadducees, and religious rulers, says this, I am the Son of God. I am the Son of God. So that's where we're going to pick up in John chapter 5. Starting in verse 18, it says this. Verse 18 says this. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to what? Kill him. All right, so two people read with me. Cool beans. All right, here we go. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father making himself equal to God. So these guys are out against him. And I can't read all of verse five or chapter 5 right here, but what he does, he begins talking. He says, I truly am the Son of God. I have a perfection that's found in the Father. I have a connection that's found alongside the Father. I have an affiliation or a partnership with, G, with the Father and all that I'm doing. Do you not see it all over my life? And he says, I can give you a testimony. I can bear witness about me, but that is not sufficient. Read what he says in verse 30 through 32. He says, I can do nothing on my own. So these guys are pushing against him, saying he's not the son of man. He says, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, 
but the will of him who sent me. If I alone, what does that say? Bear witness. Do you know what bear witness means? Anybody know? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, you've seen something or you know something and you are giving a testimony of what happened. That's what it means to bear witness. And what Jesus says, verse 31, if I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. So he's not saying that he has a false testimony. What he's saying is, is, is Wyatt in the room? Where's Wyatt Stevenson at? Where are you at, bud? Thank you. Wyatt, can you do me a favor? Can you just stand to your feet real quick? So Wyatt was in an injury a few weeks ago. You can see he's in a sling, yes. And what happened, Wyatt was telling me the other day, that Wyatt was out surfing and a shark came up and tried to attack him and his family, and he used his elbow to powerhouse this man right in the nose. He scared the shark away, but fractured his elbow in the process. That's what he told me. Do y'all believe him? So Maddox believes him. Here's the deal. Wyatt's story sounds like a, a, a large fish story, right? You know, just get, It sounds like a big story, but by himself, it doesn't stand. But what if all of a sudden, where Sawyer at? Sawyer, are you in the room? Sawyer, stand up for me. Yeah, come on, bud. Sawyer is Wyatt's brother. So let's say this. What if Sawyer were to say, no, no, no. He says, I was there and the shark was, you know, like got a hold of me. You know what I mean? What if he was like that? Now y'all would start believing the story, right? Thank you very much, Sawyer White. Round of applause for everyone except for Wyatt who needs to broken wing it. Okay, I'm with you. Here's the deal. The story becomes much more real when there are witnesses that can testify that they saw it, that they know it, and they were there to see it. Like they they experienced it. Y'all with me? It becomes more real when there's witnesses. And so Jesus says, me alone saying that I've done it doesn't really validate it for you, but what if I were to line up these people who could validate what I am saying? So today in our courtroom, we're going to bring what Jesus does right here. We're going to bring five witnesses to the stand. And the first witness is in John chapter 5, verse 33. You sent to John, and he has, what does it say? He has borne witness. He has testified what he had seen and heard to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. So check this out. Jesus says, I'm going to bring bring to the witness stand today your first witness, and that is John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was an incredible man, and we read about him, most importantly right here in John, in John chapter 1. Can you go with me to John chapter 1 real quick? It's just a couple pages over. We're going to look at verse 6. If you don't have your Bible, you can read with us on the screen. This is what it says. There was a man sent from God whose name was what? John. That's right. He came as a witness to what? To bear witness, to testify about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So what do we know from there? That John was came to this earth just like Jesus was 
born of the Virgin Mary. John was born of his mother Mary as well. And she, and he, or he, along his journey, was bearing witness, paving the way for Jesus. He was telling people about the true light. It even says, if you keep reading through chapter, nine, or chapter 1, verse 19 and on, the Jews come to John the Baptist and say, Are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? And John shouts out, he says this, I am not the Christ, word for word. He says, I am not the Christ. And he says, I have come to make straight the path, make straight the way for the Lord. And they're asking more questions and saying more things. They're saying, John, you baptize with water. He's like, no, 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 but there's someone coming who baptizes with the Spirit who is greater than what I'm doing. And this is what he says. This is so good. Remember when we talked about bearing witness? Chapter 1, verse 23, John the Baptist, no, not 23, 34, John the Baptist says this. This is verse 34 of chapter 1. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. We're going to read this on the screen together, everyone. All together, one body. Here we go. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the what? That's right. John the Baptist is saying with a loud voice, this has none other, that no other conclusion we made than this, that Jesus is the Son of God. That's good, right? Jesus says, I'm not going to stop there. It's not just John the Baptist. He says, there is another witness that bears witness about Jesus being the Messiah. And that is not a person, but the works of Jesus. Look at John chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 36. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, guess what? Bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. I want you to take a moment in your circles. I want you to answer this question. What are the works that Jesus did here on this earth that would give evidence that he is none other than the Son of God? What works did Jesus do that would testify or bear witness that he's the Son of God? You've got just a couple minutes. Go. List them out, however many you can come up with. Keep naming them off. Keep naming them off. All right, take about 30 more seconds. You should not run out of works here, I don't think. You should keep able to fill it up. All right, I'm going to start back here with Kevin's group. Any of you guys back here have any, like a work that Jesus did you want to shout out for us? Someone in that group, anyone? Split the sea. What about here? He what? He fed the 5,000. What else? Raised Lazarus from the dead. What else? Walking on water. Come on, that's a big deal, right? There's a song. I'm walking on water. Right here, what you got? Bingo. That's right, man. He healed someone's sight. Right here. Water into wine. What about here? He made creation. Jesus was a part of creation. Yes. Back here. Anybody? He died on the cross, man. That's a big deal. And he did what? He rose from the dead. That's right. Anyone else got one they want to shout out? Right here, Max. What about you? That's right. Here. That's so, man. It's so good. Listen, there's so, we could keep going on and on. What I want you to see is that Jesus did things that none of us could do. The simple fact that he would walk through cities 
full of crowds, much like this. He would walk among them, and people would crowd him, and literally they would touch the edge of his clothes, and they would be healed. People would walk up to him and say, can you please give me my sight back? Son of David, son of, son of, son of man, would you give me my sight back? And immediately, Jesus would heal them. He would forgive people's sins. Like I mean, the list goes on of what Jesus did amongst the crowds. And that alone ought to born witness or testified that Jesus was the Son of God. Y'all with me? Y'all tracking? How many witnesses have we got so far? The first one was? Second one is? Bingo, y'all with me. Number three, y'all ready for number three? It's what he says. Jesus, in John chapter five, in verse, where's it at? Verse 37. And the Father has given, yeah. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. So who's our third witness? God the Father. That's right. Do y'all know, I'm not going to read it for you because I want to tell you the story here. Matthew chapter 3. Y'all read about this in your life groups just a few, probably about a month ago or so. Um, Man, Jesus came down to John the Baptist and said, I need you to baptize me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all track with me there? He said, I need you to baptize me. John's like, hold, hold, hold up. No, you need to be baptizing me. And he's like, no, do this so that we be fulfilled in the scriptures. And so John goes, takes Jesus and baptizes him. And I'm telling y'all, it's like something you would see in Infinity War. All right, this thing is wild. It says that the skies opened up. All right, I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know if it's like, you know, the little swirly thing, you know, that you see, and they all walk out of it, you know, at the end when they're fighting Thanos. I don't know if that's what it is. I don't know. But all I know is this. It says that the skies opened up, and it says there was like a, the Spirit of God descended like a dove on Jesus. And this is what it says. A voice from heaven said. It didn't just say it, like proclaimed. It says this. Behold, this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. Check it out. God the Father at Jesus' baptism with a huge crowd gathered around opens the sky and shouts to his creation, look at my son with whom I am well pleased. I want to show you a picture real quick. Can we pull this up on the screen? Anybody know what movie this is from? Who is that? Simba. No one said Rafiki. Isn't that the other guy's name? That's right. Because why? Because no one cares about the Rafiki in the picture. It's about Simba. This is a moment. Mufasa has had his son, and they put the little, I don't know, like, hopefully it's washable, that little red paint on his face, you know. And they take him, they hold him up like this, and all the elephants and the giraffes and the hippos and the Rafikis are all bowed down. And they're like, behold, this is Simba, my boy, right? The future king of the kingdom. Yeah, y'all seen the video where they throw him, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, here's the deal. I don't, I don't imagine the hippos are walking around at the end of that little, you know, Plymouth Rock moment. They're walking around afterwards. Are you sure that was really Simba's son or Mufasa's son? Are you sure? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, maybe that wasn't the right one. I don't know. I think he's a fraud. He snuck in there. He's lying. Everyone walks away knowing that that is Simba. All of us in this room knew when we see the picture, that is Simba. 
The thing is, is when the skies opened up and the circle of life moment happened for Jesus at his baptism, no one is walking away from that doubting whether that's the Son of God. I think that for the Pharisees, I think they had enough evidence in front of them to believe. I think they chose not to reject that Jesus was truly who he was, but rejecting him as the Lord of their Savior in their life, like Lord of their life. I think it wasn't that they didn't have the evidence. I think it's that, that their hearts were so hardened to the fact that Jesus was proclaiming something that was so contrary to what they had built up that they just could not move to a place to say, I'm ready to believe and trust in him as Lord and Savior. God the Father had spoken from heaven above and said, this is my son. Now this third one is a big, or this fourth one I mean, is a big shot at the Pharisees. You see, the Pharisees, I mean, they loved to study the word of God. And this is what it says, verse 39, our fourth witness we bring to the stand is you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that what? Bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Man, this is so... I just I love how the way Jesus is ready to give a defense when they came against him. Jesus says, the scriptures which you delight and love so much bear witness about me as the son of God. I want you to paint a picture real quick. The Pharisees... They loved the Old Testament. And typically, if you were a Pharisee or a Sadducee or a religious ruler of the day, someone who really spent time in the Jewish culture, this is what you would do. As a child, you would be raised up to memorize the first five books of the Bible. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And that's word for word. The first five books of the Bible. We do like verse time at the mix, and after one verse... Folks are like, whew, I need to sit down for a minute. Y'all got any water? I got any water? I'm just tired, man. That's too much for me. One verse? Y'all worn out from one verse, right? No? Y'all want to do two this week? Y'all do, don't y'all? Listen, we'll bring it back. It's coming back. I'm just telling y'all, they loved the, the Scripture. They loved the Old Testament. And they made it their goal in life to keep the law of God. Yet what Jesus is saying is that the Scriptures, which you've searched over and over again, You have never seen the truth in them. It's saying you have looked at them with a faulty lens, a broken lens, and you don't see what's truly there. I remember I used to not really enjoy the Old Testament. Anyone anyone still there not really like the Old Testament? It's kind of a challenge. It's okay. Go ahead, raise your hand proud if you're like struggling with the Old Testament. Because I'm going to be honest, when I was your age, I didn't touch it. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, if I'm reading my Bible today, I'm going to the New Testament. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. That was like my eight books I ran up and down all the time. It wasn't until I started reading the Old Testament with the idea that Jesus is present there just as much as he is in the New Testament where it changed. And I I could stay here longer. I can't stay here very long because I need to keep going with time. But here's the deal. I'll tell you this. Jesus is throughout Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and beyond. I'll tell you, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they sinned, God told them, I'll read it for you because I don't want to miss it for you. I don't want to mess it up. Genesis chapter 3, God tells the serpent that tempted and messed up Adam and Eve, made, led them to sin against God. 
Oh, there's my reading plan. Don't look at that. Well, you can look at it. It's not bad. It's just like, sorry, that's not what I was doing. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. So what he's saying is the descendants or the, 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 the people that follow Satan and the ones that follow or the descendants of um, Adam and Eve, this is what he says, you're against odds with each other. He says, he, you're the offspring of the woman, shall bruise your, or yeah, he shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heel. What he's saying there is that you are gonna lead people to crucify Jesus. He's gonna die on a cross. And he says, because of that death, you're gonna think that you have won. You have bruised his heel. And he says, but after three days, he's going to rise from the dead and he will crush your head. So where you thought you bruised his heel, he's going to crush your head. There's a, a small bruising and then there is a destruction that comes afterwards. And what he's saying is that one day, this is a promise that Jesus is going to come and conquer the devil. He's going to conquer the enemy. There's Jesus right there. Shortly after that, you see that the Lord made Adam and Eve skins for them, garments for them. And how do you make garments? You have to kill an animal. You have to take the animal and put the, uh, the skin around them to make their clothes for them because Adam and Eve were now seen naked in the garden. And so this is what happens. The sacrifice that God made in the garden is pointing to a one day, a lamb sacrifice that will come and pay the full price and penalty for our sin, more than just one time in the garden, but one for all of eternity. That's the lamb that's coming. When you see Noah's ark, when you see that the flood was coming to wipe out all of humanity, but the boat was used to save a remnant, that is a picture of the vehicle of salvation that Jesus would bring one day in Jesus Christ. I could go on and on. Abraham and Isaac, man. Abraham had this beloved son, Isaac. He was going to take him up on the mountain. He was going to be sacrificed. But God provided what? A lamb, a goat for the sacrifice, which points to one day a lamb sacrificed Jesus that was unblemished, unstained, perfect, that would bear our sins on a cross to take away our place our punishment, the death that we deserved. I could go on and on. I'm just telling you, Jesus is all over Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and beyond. It's a good question. I gotta keep going. I'm so sorry. If you wanna talk more about that, I would love to. No worries. John chapter five, I believe it's verse 45 and 47. This is our final and last witness I gotta flip there. John chapter five. The last witness that condemns, it's not just a witness, but it's also an accuser against them, is Moses. Check it out. Verse 45. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Jesus is saying, Don't think that I'm gonna accuse you, Pharisees, Sadducees, and religious leaders to the Father. No, 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 it's not gonna be me. There is one who accuses you. Who what's his name? Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Listen here. These guys were super fanboys of Moses. They loved Moses. They thought they were just like the biggest like followers of Moses. And what Jesus is saying, you have missed it. Moses was a glimpse of who I am. Moses came and redeemed Israel out of the land of Egypt, correct? Remember the big 10 plagues he brought through? Are you all with me there? The 10 plagues of 
Egypt, after they come out of Egypt, what's the first big thing that Moses does for the people of Israel? What's the first thing he's a part of in leading them out of Egypt? What you got? Come on, someone's got it. Right here? He split the Red Sea. They were up against the waters. He put the staff out. Water spread apart, and they walked on on dry land. It's a miraculous water crossing. Shortly after that, the people grumble. They're upset because they're hungry. And what does God provide for them through Moses? What is it? Manna. Manna, it's this miraculous food. Like, we don't see manna today, right? They provide this miraculous food for the people in the wilderness, fed the multitudes because of it. If you were to look in your Bible right now at John chapter 6, the immediately passage after this where he talks about Moses, the next thing that you see here is this. Jesus miraculously feeds 5,000 people in the wilderness. And then the story immediately after that is not splitting the Red Sea, but it's Jesus walking on water. Look at me, guys. Look at this. John, in his writing of the gospel, is showing us that Moses, who brought them from Egypt through many incredible works into the land of Canaan, was a glimpse of what Jesus would do when he would bring us from our bondage and our slavery in sin, our brokenness in sin. He would bring us from there through miraculous works, through the works of the gospel, greater things than what Moses did, into not a land of Canaan, but into the eternal land of Canaan, heaven. John is painting a picture with the stories that he's telling about Jesus that truly happened. He's putting them in this order in the book of John so that we would believe that Jesus truly is the Son of God. Can we not stand before John the Baptist and the works of God and God the Father and the Scripture that we have today alongside the stories and testimonies of Moses and not say without a shadow of our doubt that Jesus is the Son of God? Does that make sense? Like, we have no reason to doubt that. There's no reason to have any doubt that Jesus is who he says he is. Don't we look at this and think, Pharisees, what are you thinking? Isn't it clear as day, right? Yet, let me tell you this. I walk around students all the time that I believe don't truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And you do too. Just the other day, I was online, I was on YouTube, and I saw a clip. And it was of this guy who was on TikTok, and he was doing this different thing. I'm not a fan of TikTok, don't ask me about it, but here's the deal. TikTok, he was on there, and he said something about this. He said that Jesus was a racist. That's what he said. And he used a passage, he walked through a passage, and he said, no, this is why, this is why Jesus is a racist. I'm telling you, this video has hundreds of thousands of views right now. If Jesus, and we all know, racism is a sin. It is wrong. And so what you're saying is if Jesus was a racist, that means he was a sinner, which means he was not the son of God. That's a claim refuting that Jesus is who he says he is. That is a claim saying that Jesus is a poser and a liar and a fraud. They're ignoring the witnesses. Let me ask you this, students. How is your witness about Jesus? Do you give testimony? 
Do you share about why Jesus is the Son of God? Do you share about how you know he's the Son of God? Because I stand here after looking at John chapter 5 and think, how could anyone not believe that Jesus is who he says he is? When will I walk through my neighborhood? When will I walk through my friend groups and make sure that my witness, my testimony is telling those around me without any shadow of doubt or any disbelief that Jesus is truly the Messiah? I want to ask you right now, do you believe? Like, do you really believe? Because if he's really who he says he is, then it ought to change the way we live. It ought to change the way we talk. It ought to change what we listen to. It ought to change the voices that we're hearing all the time in our life. It ought to change how we wake up in the morning and go to bed at night. Like It ought to change how we seek to fight against sin. It ought to change how we talk about him at school or with our friends. I cannot, I cannot think of a better passage tonight to go to to tell you that Jesus really is the Son of God. And because of that, he demands that you live a life that follows him in all that you do. It ought to change the way you live. Tonight I got three questions I want us to break down together as a group, okay? Can y'all do that in your small groups with me? Y'all with me? Three questions, and here's the first one. I think we have it on the screen, yeah. What would you tell someone who doubts that Jesus is truly the Son of God? What would you tell someone who says, I don't know if I really believe that Jesus is truly the Messiah. What would you tell them? How would you respond? Talk amongst your groups. Think of how you would let someone know. How would you, how would you bear witness that Jesus is truly the Son of God? Go. All right, here's another question. There's no doubt you guys hear a lot of different voices during the week from your social media, from phones sometimes. Some of you guys have phones, I know that, from TV from sports teams, from teachers, different things. But let me ask you this. Are there any voices in your life that continually speak out against Jesus? Your music you listen to, the friends you play Xbox or whatever with. Like, are there voices in your life that speak out against Jesus that you need to do a better job of filtering or are cutting some of those things out to where you can be able to funnel yourself to hear more from the word? I remember for me, I had a lot of music back in the day that was so raunch, man. I had a whole lot of spent money on it. And I remember in eighth grade, I went through and deleted all my iTunes library back in the day, like hundreds of dollars of stuff of bad songs, because I was like, I need to listen to godly music more that points me towards believing in the Lord better. And so what are the voices in your life that you can start working to cut out, to move out, that you can fill it back up with some good voices that speak truth, like the five we listed today? Go ahead. All right, here's your last question, but you don't have to answer in the group. I want you to answer this personally. Or you can write it down, okay? Here's your last question. What are ways that you, I'm looking at you individually as a person, what are ways you can bear witness this week? What are ways that you can bear witness? Is there someone in your life that you want to share with, someone you want to give a testimony of, that Jesus is the Son of God? Every single one of you ought to have one person right now you're thinking of that you could share Jesus with this week.